Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello, this is the Offside Rule We Get It podcast with myself, Lindsay Hooper, joined by Hayley McQueen. Just the two of us, <laughs> you and I. There is, there's no other with us. It's just us two uh, this week. I have to say, though, I have seen a future Offside Rule host to be. Uh, I know that you're going to be meeting him early next week. Um, do you want to fill everyone in? This is Arthur, baby Arthur who is Kate's newest arrival, brother to Molly, and now part of the Offside Rule podcast gang. Yes, a couple of days old he is now, isn't he as well? He was £9 too. I know, massive, huge. Yes, both mother and baby doing very well, by the way, for anyone who's a regular listener wondering how Kate's doing. He is gorgeous. I've shown you a few photos, haven't I? Yeah, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, sore ears, sinus problems, didn't think it would be healthy to be around a brand new baby passing on my germs, so I will have to wait for my big meet and greet with him. Well, I like that because it meant that I got to give him your kisses and cuddles, which was good. So cracking on with the podcast, though, and what we've got to talk about, we will be talking about some turnarounds in lower league football. We're going to talk about the manager effect, the new manager effect. Uh, It's happened for a few teams up and down the leagues, although we both discussed this and said, actually, not so many managerial dismissals this season so far. There aren't, particularly when you look at the Premier League. There's normally been about four or five by now, but we're still doing pretty strong. Tides are changing in terms of chairman sticking with managers. There's actually been more change at the top when you look at the Championship and the Premier League in terms of ownership. You look at Chilino at at Leeds United, things changing as far as owners go and uh, personnel behind the scenes, but not so much the managers. Absolutely. So we'll we'll move on and we'll talk about the impact that some new managers can have on teams that have replaced at the top. And then we're also going to talk about sideline jobs. A bit on the side is what we're calling this. So many footballers that we know and we watch week in, week out have little sideline businesses, don't they? And off the back of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, by the way, were you busy on those days? I refrained from getting involved in the madness. I certainly wasn't queuing up trying to buy 48-inch telly in a supermarket market because 
I'd have probably caused myself some injuries. If I don't win, I'm in trouble. I'm an extremely competitive person, so I just didn't want to get involved in any kind of scrum. I did pick up a little bargain online, but I refrained. I have done all my Christmas shopping as well. Oh, no, this is, makes wow. me sick. I'm actually sat in Hayley McQueen's flat right now, looking at all her wrapping up she's doing, mm. ready for Christmas, making me feel like I'm really behind the times. We'll talk about sideline jobs then. That's going to be topic three. But let's start by talking about injury lists, mm. the crocked list, because one of the themes that we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been the number of injuries, especially in the Premier League. Arsenal have suffered quite a few, haven't they? Jack Wilshire being out, the latest victim that was reported recently. Also, Vincent Company in the midweek games, he went off for Manchester City, got us thinking. It's a sort of an oxymoron because it's your best injured 11. We're going to pick our best injured 11 between us. And what we mean by that is, I suppose, the best players that are missing from certain squads right now and when they come back will really hopefully kick on. Yeah, definitely. And I tell you what, at the moment, Newcastle United are in real trouble. They, they top the table. Not in the Premier League, of course, but as far as injuries are concerned. Manchester United just behind them with big-name injuries as well. We're not just talking sort of, um, you know, fringe players. You've got Di Maria, Rooney, Luke Shaw, Blind, Jones, Raphael Evans, Lingard, all out injured at the moment. Arsenal, you were chatting about Wilshire. You add to that Walcott, Mesut Ozil, Arteta, Monreal, Stoke City right up there as well. They have seven injuries. Chelsea are doing pretty well. I don't know what Chelsea are doing. Maybe Arsenal should head to Chelsea and pick up a few tips because there's something with Arsenal right now. There's something not quite right. They just seem to be so injury hit. What do you think's happening, Lindsay? Well, this was put to Arsene Wenger in a press conference that I was at recently and he insists that these problems are all joint problems, not muscular problems. So if players get muscular injuries, often that can go um, to to the clubs themselves and and put their door and said, well, actually, you're not taking care of the players well enough. But if it's deemed to be a joint injury, there's not really much you can do about it. And Wenger's sticking with that line. Well, tell you what, we'll start with our 11 then. We're going to go with Tim Krul and go. We know Chesney's um, out, but he is, of course, uh, due back very, very, very soon. Tim Krul, key for Newcastle. They've only got Rob Elliott who can come in and deputise for them, which he did at Upton Park. A key spell, though, this is the problem. You could do with Tim Krull when you're facing trips to Old Trafford to play Arsenal as well. You've got the big derby, the Tyneweir game with Sunderland. They're also in the Capital One Cup. They've got a quarterfinal with Spurs. Alan Pardew, ahead of the midweek game, which was, of course, the game against Burnley, said Krull could be actually sidelined until January, possibly mid-January. I think he's a huge miss, really, really important goalkeeper. And it's not just that. You look at the backup and is Rob Elliott good enough? Probably not, no. But I mean, they drew with Burnley. They held them to a draw. It was away, but still... The way that Newcastle have gone, yes, they've had some amazing games, haven't they? They were off the back of undefeated in five, or it might have even been five wins. I'm not too sure. I'll have to check the stats. But they'll be wanting to keep that up, actually, and wanting to really progress with that. We'll move on then to uh, defensive duties and the players that are out at the moment. A couple of those coming from your club, Manchester United. I guess if you look at defence, yours is the one that's most depleted. Luke Shaw, big money signing, came in out again. 
Oh, goodness me, yeah. His, his ankle, real problems, thinking left back, Patrice Evra's gone. You've got somebody to come in to fill in that's going to be key for you all season. But no, in a press conference, actually, it was quite funny with Van Hal having a bit of a laugh about, um, you know, Falcao and Rojo being injured as well. He was making jokes, wasn't he, about the um, Manchester United Twitter account tweeting the wrong information about how long they were going to be missing, saying, you've got to, you know, really pay close attention to this. The England internationally suffered a groin injury and has dropped down the pecking order because you've got the likes of Ashley Young coming in, actually, who's who's kind of relishing this chance. He wouldn't maybe have been in Van Hal starting eleven, but the injury to Luke Shaw has meant that he has come in. Really key time for Manchester United. Uh, another win midweek, which was a really good result, but Shaw will just be chomping at the bit to get involved with this Manchester United side who are playing really well uh, at the moment. Funny about Dali Blind as well, because um, in that same press conference, Van Hal had said, I gave Blind a holiday. This was chatting on Friday. And he came back on Monday. So he didn't go away for very long at all. He said he's got to exercise, practice every day and train more than the fit players. You think, actually, niggly little injury, miss a couple of games over Christmas, get to spend time at home with the kids, doing a bit of Christmas shopping with the missus. Actually not. You're in far more because once the players obviously train, you're in there in the gym, you're getting treatment and you stay back and you're often in there in the afternoon working in the gym or, you know, having a one-on-one with the physio. So actually it's a lot tougher than when you're just training as well and mentally it can be very, very hard. Uh, I guess away from Manchester United, we perhaps would identify... Carl Walker, shall we go with him? Yeah. Uh, from Spurs. Big miss at right back. He's not played for Spurs first team since March now. It's a huge miss. Missed out on England's World Cup squad as well because of this long-standing problem. He's had abdominal surgery. He's meant to be doing pretty well coming back from that gradually. He has played his first competitive match in just over eight months. Fasted about 67 minutes. He did tweet afterwards that he felt good back on the pitch. Uh, nice to cap it off with a win too. So you'd think that he might be coming in in the next few months maybe in the new year we'll see more of Carl Walker but certainly for this point of the season so far he's been a big miss yeah a big miss as well when you chat about we've got a few players in here young England players will be hopefully involved in the next Euros and World Cup squads as well of course uh, Ryan Taylor he's 30 years old now only just made his comeback after what nearly two years out and it was sidelined again with anterior cruciate ligament problem. Real, real trouble time for him. I, I just, I, I'm surprised he wasn't crying when he limped off the pitch when he knew he was injured again. But that tends to happen when you see with Wilshire. They're out for a long time. They play one game. You think you're fit, you train. But playing a full match, regardless of whether it's 90 minutes or you're coming off the bench or you start and you only intend to play a half or 60 minutes just a completely different intensity and a completely different kind of vulnerability when you're obviously up against players and, and, and being a bit careful about going in for tackles and things like that. He made his first start there. It was against QPR. Really big boost for him personally. Maybe, yeah, OK, for the, for the starting 11 as well, but more for him because I really feel for players like this at 28 years old, when you're at the peak of your career, to be missing for nearly two years through an injury, coming back at 30. It's not like you're coming back missing you know in your early 20s and it's easier when you've got that fitness and freshness and you've got youth on your side you might only have you know a couple more seasons in him in the Premier League so I'm really crossing my fingers um, that he'll be okay it was initially thought he would be missing until the new year but actually Alan Pardew said he could be back a little bit sooner than that so that is really good news. Uh, at Liverpool as well Mamadou Sacco is worth a mention um, is apparently highly satisfied to step up his rehabilitation from a thigh injury that he's coming back from. He joined the Reds didn't 
Sydney for a training session quite recently. They they made the trip to Leicester in what was a very thrilling game uh, midweek. But I, I think he's he's one to watch for coming back. He's He hasn't featured for Liverpool since the Reds' penalty shootout victory over Middlesbrough in the League Cup in September. So it is going to be a bit of an ask for him to slot straight back into that squad because Brendan Rodgers has had to make quite a few changes and I think there needs to be some consistency to the Liverpool squad going forwards. I think some changes will be made and they'll be made for the long term. So whether he can get back in there, I don't know. But he's on the brink of a return to first-team action. We mentioned Jack Wiltshire. He is, of course, in there, ruled out for up to three months. We've seen him tweeting and putting things on Instagram with his foot up having had successful surgery. So he looks like he's in good spirits. Uh, But again, another kind of Ryan Taylor player where just fraught with injuries. It's just a real shame that such a young, promising player keeps having these setbacks because it's got to do something, you know, mentally up there as well. You'd just be kind of, I don't know, how would you feel going into a game thinking, oh... Would you go into it thinking, oh, I've just got to get through this unscathed as opposed to thinking, well, I, I want to come out with this with a good performance and win? And so many people as well saying that maybe he should change his game. That's not something that Arsene Wenger was in favour of. But you do watch the footage back and he does take the ball into the heart of defences and and he leaves it so late, doesn't he, to release that ball. He leaves his ankles exposed and that's something that's been put to him. But um, this was a story that I covered actually and, and Wenger did reply by saying that he was much more worried about Jack Wilshire 12 months ago than he is now. He's much more confident about him coming back from this one. Uh, Morgan Schneiderlin for Southampton. Schneiderlin's been so crucial to Southampton's run. Um, I was asked about about this for a French website, actually. I know that you've been asked to do a little piece for them too. And I likened Schneiderlin and, and his form at Southampton to Wayne Rooney when Cristiano Ronaldo left to go to Real Madrid at Manchester Ooh. United because it was that ability, wasn't it, to be able to step up. Rooney did that. He mm-hmm. he shouldered the responsibility and shouldered it well. And I thought Schneiderlin was going down that route as well of being that senior, mature player that the, the others were looking to. So this is going to be a real setback for Ronald Koeman. He's waiting for the full scale of the issue because it is an abductor injury. I think there's going to be scans needed further to this. It was an, an injury picked up against Manchester City, uh, already Schneidlin missing uh, against Arsenal midweek and now going on to the next few games I'm thinking he's not going to be someone that will be able to feature. It does open up an opportunity for Jack Cork. Um, He's recovered from illness so there's opportunities for others but Schneidlin being so key, it could be one of the misses of the season for them. Maybe Steve Sidwell isn't obviously a huge name, but at Stoke, again, they need all the players they can get losing against Manchester United. Yeah, they do have Peter Crouch. They've got Dior Fasidi as well and uh, Kirkic in there. And they've got people who can score goals. But I think... uh, and Stoke, who don't have a massive squad, really need all the players uh, for selection, particularly when they have games coming thick and fast over the Christmas period. And really, I should have been keeping count of these. So that was three midfielders. Where are we up to? We've just got two strikers to go, have we? We do, yeah. And they are... Big, big names missing from big clubs. Okay, well, the first one would, of course, be from Liverpool. Daniel Sturridge, a huge, huge gaping hole that's been left in Liverpool's front line. Uh, The striker has got a chronic injury record, hasn't he? Subject of a special investigation at the moment by Anfield doctors. They're trying to look into why he's getting injured so often. It must be a real worry for, for Brendan Rodgers because when he's in form, and if you look at the form that he showed last season, Daniel Sturridge 
is a huge, huge name to have on that starting 11 list. But the latest problem, it's it's just followed an innocuous flick, really, of the ball. And it's really difficult to know what happened in that training session. It's um, nine separate injuries now on his left thigh alone. So Daniel Sturridge really picking up knocks left, right and centre. Yeah, and they've actually said they're going to be working with the medical staff to try and establish what on earth is happening. Lots of investigations to try and find this cure, permanent cure. All the recent injuries have been sustained, as you mentioned, in training. And that is a big, big concern. It's not like during a match when you're overexerting yourself, but to have picked up problems during training, something he's just not doing something right. So they're going to keep a really close eye on him because, again, not just for Liverpool, but particularly, obviously, being a bit selfish and looking at, looking at England, he'll be wanting to be involved in the major tournaments as well. And if he keeps picking up injuries... You worry about that consistency. You need the consistency of games to make sure that you're going to be involved. Uh, the next one, this team are doing OK without him at the moment. Let's talk about Edin Dzeko because I've always thought he'd get a little bit sort of downbeat on the sidelines if he was out of action too long. He's the sort of striker that he needs to be playing. He likes scoring goals. He needs to be at the forefront of Manchester City's minds when they're looking at picking starting two up front. But a calf muscle strain is seen him not be available. Uh, let's remind ourselves, though, he scored four goals in 17 appearances for Pellegrini's side this season. He might not have been in the best run of form just before he got injured, but now he's gone eight games without finding the back of the net. It is going to be a bit more difficult to come back from that, isn't it? That's it. That is the big problem. It's about getting your place back. If you've just been dropped to the bench because others are performing really well, again, mentally, you have to try and deal with that and fight your way through training and prove that you are good enough to be selected. But when you've got Aguero, who scored 12 goals, minutes per goal, every 81 minutes, he scores a goal. So, as you mentioned, he is absolutely on fire. Thank you very much to the television for providing us with some stats there on us, Sky Sports News. Um, yeah, but when, obviously, you've got company missing at the moment, these players want to be involved in the side that look like they might go on and win the Premier League to have been a consistent key part of that Premier League winning season. And if, if he's out injured, he then has to start training, mentally get back from that, and try and prove himself. You know, others are obviously performing and are being selected over him at the moment because of the injury. How do you get back into a team when they just have so much firepower in the moment? They're almost not missing him, are they? And he'll probably be really upset about that, I'd have thought. If you've got any to add to that list, that's our injured 11. Um, there are loads more that you could have put on that list, but you can tweet us, let us know. At Offside Rule Pod is the Twitter account. The female take on football. On to topic number two then here on the Offside Rule. We get it with Continental Tyres and we're going to talk about the new manager effect. Now we can go down the leagues for this. Uh, there haven't been all that many dismissals as we touched on at the start of the show, uh, but there have been a few and it has had a, a really good impact. It's surprising, isn't it, how many times when a club changes a manager, the immediate impact, and if we don't look long term because things over a longer period of time tend to, to even themselves out but for those first few games usually there's a, a really a really good response to a new manager coming on board so who have you gone for in terms of team new manager and them going on a bit of a run 
Well, tell you what, Accrington Stanley are 13th in the league at the moment. I know you might think that's nothing to be too proud of, but after James Beattie left, of course, they brought in a man who knows the club well, John Coleman, returning there for a second spell as manager. We all know sometimes when a new man comes in, it can be a bit too much of a change. But they've decided at Accrington, they go with the guy who knows the club really well. Um, Beattie was in charge for 16 months, pulled on his boots, didn't he, and made an appearance a couple of times when they were doing woefully in the league. Coleman was there, just, just so you know, if you, you're obviously all listening, maybe not that familiar with Accrington Stanley. Who were they exactly? But he was there from 1992 until 2012. He led them from the Northern Premier League, First Division, into the Football League. So he said, it was no secret I've wanted to manage in the Football League again. He said, when a job comes up at a club as close to your heart as Accrington, then that ticks two boxes. I'll tell you what, it was back-to-back takes three wins in a row. They beat Northampton. It was a thriller of a game. 5-4, nine-goal thriller. Um, they managed to keep a clean sheet against Plymouth, winning there. And they travelled away to Mansfield Town, another tricky tie, and won 1-0. Followed after that, back-to-back defeats. But they have had four more wins in the next seven games. They're doing really well at the moment. Beat Notts County in the FA Cup. Through to the next round to take on Yeovil. Beat Cambridge United. Bit of a slip-up. They narrowly were beaten by Exeter by three goals to two uh, but they head into that FA Cup game and then a couple of key fixtures over the Christmas period looking really really strong James Beattie I think will be pretty upset to think oh I'd have liked to have been the one to keep them there but um, and, 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 and sort of improve on things he hasn't brought any players in he's not done anything too different they probably will look to bring a couple of players in in January and maybe even push to get further up the table because actually at the moment where things are in League Two um, it's all pretty exciting when you look at the table, yes, you've got Luton, Wickham and Shrewsbury, but there's only a point between each of them. Yes, Accrington Stanley sit a whopping 12 points behind Wickham, who are at the top, but there's actually only a few points separating. When you look at Newport, who are in that uh, playoff position at the moment on 31 points, Accrington on 26, it's still actually pretty realistic and it's a really competitive league uh, this season. Jeff Stelling won't be happy because Hartlepool, again, another defeat, um, sitting rock bottom uh, with Tranmere just above them as well. York just outside the relegation places, Accrington take them on too. But yeah, John Coleman's doing a really, really good job, feeling back at home at a side that he knows uh, very well. He was, of course, the third longest serving manager at one point in England, behind only Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. Well, from League Two to the Championship, and I'm choosing Gary Rowett, who replaced Lee Clark at Birmingham City. Um, he's someone that used to play for Birmingham, and all the backroom staff that he brought in, they all have links with Birmingham City. I think that's really key to all of this as well. Uh, he succeeded Lee Clark at the end of last month. Now, let's talk about November for, for them. In fact, since he's been on board, since he replaced Clark, uh, they haven't actually lost a game. They've gone five games unbeaten. Birmingham really needed this because they weren't doing very well at all in the league. Um, and three wins, two draws, it's lifted them well up the form table. A 2-1 victory over Nottingham Forest, probably the, the standout result in, the, in those five results because Nottingham Forest um, started to waver under Stuart Pearce and were there for the taking. They're the third Third best in terms of record 
for the league in November, Birmingham City. There's only Brentford who've won all five of their matches and Mick McCarthy's Ipswich um, who have a better record of results. Um, Blues have returned 11 points and that equals the whole total that they took 14 games to get under Lee Clark. So right now, uh, Birmingham in the table is 17th, which you might not think a little bit like what you were saying. It's not too much to celebrate at the moment, but considering that they were woeful and down in relegation, they've now got a four-point buffer and that four points could be key. Um, Not only that, should we just mention as well that three of the teams... In November's top six, when it comes to the form book, have all changed their manager this season in the championship, um, including Russell Slade at Cardiff, Neil Lennon at Bolton as well. Interesting that that new manager effect is working well in the championship at the moment. Like I say, four-point buffer for Birmingham now. We're 17th in the table. Uh, Two other things that stand out in the recent upswing. Under Rowett, Blues have won two home matches out of three. So it's obviously uh, starting to look like their home form is turning. Um, It took them more than 20 games to achieve that under Clark. And they've conceded just two goals in 450 minutes of football. Before that, they'd shipped eight in 80 so uh, the former Burton Albion boss is working wonders right now. Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. Well, usually at this point of the podcast, we do Twitter Topic of the Week, Hayley. Uh, however, we're not having Twitter Topic of the Week because we've got this brilliant competition that's running at the moment. All ties in with our European shows that we do with HTC because we've got a pubcast coming up with a live audience. It's on the 14th of December. It's going to be great. It's going to be Christmas parties, crackers. <laughs> I have my little paper crown on, which when I... Take that out the cracker on Christmas Day. I leave on all day and all night. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Do you lose the joke? I love the jokes. In fact, for the Sky Sports Christmas party, I've even written my own jokes and put them in the crackers, and they're all sport-related. That's how sad I am. That's dedication for you, isn't it? You could be at our show. It's a pubcast with a live audience, just a small audience in North London. You need to be able to get there. Also, we're giving away an HTC 1M8 handset with a special engraving to do with the Champions League. So if you'd like to be in with a chance of winning, go to our website, offsiderulepodcast.com, for full details. You can go to our Twitter site as well, at offsiderulepod, and we'll be tweeting links. So as Hayley says, 14th of December, I will also reveal Hayley that will have a special footballing guest yet to be revealed but we'll have a, a Q&A with someone who knows their football you've seen the, the short list there's some big names on there it's a long list actually a long list of a short list yeah <laughs> short list which is long <laughs> there will be someone there so come along uh, join us on the 14th of December if you can it is in North London if you can get there we'd love to see you Listen to the Offside Rule We Get It on Audio Boo, iTunes and via our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. On to our third and final topic then, Hayley, and uh, this is something that I've enjoyed researching because sideline jobs, we all like a bit of a sideline business. I know you're partial to a bit of eBay. Oh, love a bit of eBay. Mainly helping my sister out as well, sell most of her wardrobe now she's pregnant. I will say that I will sell it on eBay to raise some much-needed funds for this new baby, but quite often I will just keep them 
and, and not give her the money. It's really bad. We're calling this a bit on the side. Uh, footballers, you'd think they earn enough money per week, but sometimes they, they just want a sideline business. I think it's sometimes it's just to keep themselves busy, isn't it? Um, so I want a few examples of players who also do something else on the side. What have you got? You probably know about Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs, but they have actually set up a business. They have um, charities. Obviously, Gary's a pundit for Sky. Uh, Ryan Giggs was playing football until very recently. And um, after he called it a date, he decided to set up uh, GG Hospitality, along with cafe football and hotel football as well. He owns a restaurant called George's, which is also in the northwest. But yeah, they've decided to make this 138-bed hotel built in the shadows of Old Trafford. It's going to have a five-a-side pitch on the roof and host up to 1,500 fans on match days. Rio Ferdinand as well. You'd think Manchester United and all they've won in the X amount of years that they've been achieving um, wouldn't need the money, but Rio Ferdinand, um, busy off the pitch as well as on it. Um, Ten companies registered at Companies House that he is listed as a director of, which is quite astonishing. Um, Number five magazine, obviously you've got your hashtag five online magazine, clothing ranges as well. He's got Rosso, the restaurant in Manchester, really good uh, restaurant there. In the past, he's had a film production company and a record label as well. Uh, He just likes to dip his fingers in many, many pies. And the whole of Class of 92 come together and we've seen a DVD obviously released by these guys, you've got Skulls, Neville, Giggs, but and um, they've decided to give back. And they've bought, of course, Salford City Football Club, a team that plays in the Northern Premier League Division One. And yeah, they're they're hopefully going to steer them up the football leagues in the coming years. So they're still kind of in football with football themed things. Real Ferdinand's obviously slightly different because it's fashion and magazine, but he still gears it towards football fans. Well, this topic, it was all inspired and sort of came into our minds off the back of Black Friday and Mm. Cyber Monday. By the way, I didn't know it was going to get so big in this country, but it seems to have just really taken off. I've never heard of Black Friday until this year. Everyone seems to have known what it is. I I think I heard about it last year. Okay, But it seems bigger this year. Uh, It got us thinking, it really inspired this topic of of thinking of other things on the side. Uh, Linked in nicely, Emmanuel Frimpong has his dench range, his clothing range. I happened to follow him on Instagram and he had a Black Friday deal going on. You could get something like 20% off. Um, He's obviously running his sideline fashion business. Got to say, not my style. Well, what about the Lescott Stewart collection, a fashion label of high-end designer clothes stocked in big department stores such as Harvey Nichols and describes itself as affordable luxury with cardigans and jumpers going for about £200. <laughs> there you go. Lescott the fashion designer. Wow. Uh, that's affordable, is it? £200 for a cardi? Uh, apparently that is affordable, yeah. I would not spend that. <laughs> I'd have to sell a lot of my stuff on eBay just to be able to afford one of those oversized woolen knit numbers. And it's not just the guys, is it, Hayley? We've got a lot of women footballers who don't don't just get paid for football for a living. So they have to have a bit on the side. Mm. We know that Enia Luko is a lawyer. Uh, we know that Rachel Williams, who uh, who plays for Chelsea Ladies, she's a bricklayer or a plumber or a plasterer, something along those lines. I know she does something very useful that I can't do at all. Um, don't don't you think that it's interesting to see as the women's game gets more and more professional if mm. they'll hang on to those jobs? 
You'd hope so. Plus, it, it's very hard for them as well. Uh, quite a lot of them are PE teachers or work within kind of the sports industry, professional trainers, nutritionists. It kind of goes along with the job. But to have a professional job, to also potentially be um, mothers and have children um, and, and get the, you know, the financial and, and support of your partner as well, but to be to take all that time out to go and play for, not just your club, but potentially for your country, training camps, travelling, everything that you need to do to be at the best of your game. It takes an awful lot out of you. How they manage it, I do not know. I know, it's incredible. Have you got any more for any more before we sign off for this podcast this week? I think that is pretty much it. Okay. That's not very often I come to you and then we're all done. We're all done. I was trying to... crack out a couple of jokes you know a couple of christmas cracker jokes but i'll, I'll keep them up my sleeve for um future podcasts I've, I've got one for you which is related to football that you can put in one of your christmas crackers if you like why was cinderella so good at football oh i do know this it's because i've told it you before probably on a podcast i think i actually got that in a christmas cracker i was delighted go on she had a pumpkin for a coach oh i know it's why she wasn't so good at God, when a joke goes wrong, not not just the punchline, but the initial joke, Lindsay. That's why she wasn't good at football. Yeah. That's why I shouldn't tell jokes, everyone. Anyway, we won't edit that. I'm going to leave that exactly as it was. Okay, what about this one? My mate asked me if I saw the England goal. Unfortunately, I, I missed it, he said. I was too busy refereeing the match. Ooh. <laughs> um, could be interesting Christmas party for Hayley McQueen and friends. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening this week. Check out all the latest articles online. We've got some great football blogs on there as well. OffsideRulePodcast.com is the web address. You can follow us on Twitter at OffsideRulePod. You can give us a like on Facebook, The Offside Rule. We get it. You can find us on there. Uh, That's it for this week. We will be joined by Kate Borsay next week. New mother on the block will be joining us. Yes, Kate will be there joining us both for the Euro preview show building up to all the champions league and europa league action of course a big big week final games in the groups in the champions league for tuesday and wednesday nights getting very exciting yeah busy week for us next week goodbye for now check out exclusive football content daily on offsiderallpodcast.com sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.